it's finally here. After months and months of waiting and planning and putting things together, I'm finally sitting here in Eagle Rock, Los Angeles on my week of house hunting for our uh, move from Boston to Los Angeles. If you've been listening to the show, you understand that this is a long time coming for me and Gina. Uh, We have been uh, planning and putting money aside and trying to do this move in the most right way possible. But as you know, planning only goes so far. You have to hit that point where you just make it fucking happen. (laughs) And that's what this week is all about. Um, and so welcome, welcome to the mini series on In Love With The Process on our move from Boston to Los Angeles. Now, um, I, you're listening to this recorded on our brand new recording, portable recording device that was brought to you by all of the help from my listeners, all the help from the fans that have been uh, visiting on Instagram, at Mike Petchy on Instagram, and at In Love With The Process POD on Instagram. Uh, it's been amazing interacting with you guys. You guys have uh, helped support the show by buying props, by buying old gear, by putting things together for us. It really helps. Um, one of the things in our business, as you know, it just takes time to set up work. Um, so if you do any sort of prep for work, so like if you go out there looking for a job or if you start to network, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to take about four to five months to come to fruition. So what you try to do is you try to stack it. You try to put enough of that in the queue where folks that you talked about, talked with five months ago, you're finally getting a call from and so on and so on so that that work continues to, to stack up. And one thing that I found over the years is that if you take a break from that, you end up in a lull. You end up in a quiet time of work because you just haven't been out there networking. You haven't been out there sort of setting that stuff up. And that has been an issue and a concern of mine uh, getting ready for this trip because I know that, you know, just the whole process of getting out of our house, getting, uh, looking for a location, looking for like an apartment trying to figure out travel stuff. I mean, we're going to spend nine days driving across country. Um, All that stuff is just going to put me behind on that networking thing, which ultimately means that it's going to probably set up a few months with no work. So my point is that all your help has been fantastic for us because it's able to supplement all of these costs that we have for the show, all these costs that we have for travel and helps us survive just a little bit longer as we make this transition happen. The thing that's really exciting about all of this um, is that this big change in life is not only fun and not only exciting, but it's necessary. And the hope and the goal with this is that this move ends up putting me in a better position, putting Gina in a better position to get better work. Um, So uh, you guys will be able to see if that's the case. Man, I wish there was a podcast about this before I moved. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, so I get to use this really cool portable device. So if the show sounds a little bit different, I think it still sounds pretty rad. But if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. Um, And I don't know what the format for this is going to be. I think it might just be moments where I just sit down with the portable device and sort of journal what I'm going through. 
And maybe it's enough to be a full episode. Maybe I'll stack some of those things into being a full episode. Uh, So just be ready for this format to be kind of loose. Just because uh, I'm not going to script any of it. I'm just going to sort of sit down and and process and give you guys what I'm going through as I do it. Um, So to catch you up, I just flew out yesterday and I'm out here in Los Angeles for seven days. Seven days to try to find a spot. Now, the problem that we've encountered with the real estate market out here in Los Angeles as opposed to Boston, Boston's real estate market is completely affected by all of the colleges, all the schools. So typically what landlords like to do in Boston is do a September to September lease, which means that you can kind of guess when all the stuff's going to come out. The stuff's really going to stack up closer towards uh, September for you to go out and purchase. Los Angeles is different. It's when a house is available, it goes on the market. When a house goes on the market, it gets picked up immediately. Um, So it's been a very difficult challenge for us because we're not able to book it. We weren't able to find a spot months in advance because we don't want to pay for the months that we're not here. Um, But then I'm also restricted with whatever's on the market while I'm hunting, which is right now. And then from what I understand and what I've been learning from our real estate agent, um, it's like it happens really quickly. So it's a little nerve wracking, but exciting at the same time. Uh, and we've been trying everything. We've been using uh, apps like Zillow. We've been using um, uh, West End Apartments or West Side Apartments, a bunch of these different websites. And from what I've just found out this morning is that uh, apparently all that these websites do is tally up what's being placed on Craigslist. And the thing that we've been noticing is that they don't stay updated. So you go through and you start to hunt for these places on these different apps and they're gone. They're sold. Um, What we've been told by our real estate agent is that we should just be focusing on Craigslist and then they'll be going through their database to find stuff. We'll see what that we'll see how that turns out. I'm going to give them a few days um, to see what sort of results will pull through with that. In the meantime, I'm also not going to stop looking for all the other things. The goal and the trick here, because we the place that we had in Boston was such a great special spot that had room and space, lots of square footage and yards, which allowed for a lot of great uh, social events, which in our business is really important to be able to put on different social events. And so we're going to try our attempt. Our goal is to do to find a place that is similar out here to try to find a spot where we can be putting on barbecues, grilling, doing all that kind of stuff, everything that you've seen me post, but try to do it out here. Um, So that's challenging within itself. Um, And we're also going to do this with a roommate. So it'll be me, Gina, and a roommate moving in with us. That way we have a little bit more square footage. Um, Some of the stress is taken off that price tag for rent. Uh, It's, you know, the attempt to keep the overhead down. The reality of the scenario is that it is expensive to live out here in Los Angeles as we look through stuff. Granted, it's expensive to live everywhere. It's also expensive to live in Boston. But our rent is going to go up at least twice the amount that we were used to paying, which would be interesting. It's it's going to add to the need to hustle further. It's going to add to the need to, to push for more work. Um, I hope that it'll compensate. Uh, the benefit of being back where I was is that that money that I was saving on rent, I was able to roll over into um, 
projects into spec films and stuff. But this, I'll just have to change the the business model a little bit and try to see if I can make that stuff work. These are all things that are continuously uh, going through my head as we do this process. <laughs> and by no means do I want to give you guys the impression that I am 100% confident in the decisions that we're making and that uh, everything's going to be fine. I know it will be fine. There is this level of blind faith that goes into this, but it is a very, very stressful thing. Um, right now, I need to find a spot within these seven days. Uh, and then the goal is to fly back to Boston. We'll pack for a few, for like a week and change. And then we're going to drive cross country um, within 10 days after that. So I need to get a spot. That's the goal for the week. I need to get a spot. So what I did is uh, I found an Airbnb out here in one of the neighborhoods that we were considering, which was a bit further out because I wanted to see how far out it was. I wanted to see exactly what's in the neighborhood, what it's like to be out here. So we're checking out Eagle Rock because it's within the vicinity of the Silver Lake area, of the Los Feliz area. It's all up in that northern eastern end of Los Angeles, which is where we're looking. Uh, specifically, we picked this place because it seems like it is a bit younger. It's a it's a bit hipper. There's a, there's a lot more social stuff that's happening here, which is pretty important for us to be living in our downtime, especially Gina, living in a downtime uh, and hanging out with folks and hanging out with businesses that she can work with um, to try to make that networking happen. So it's it's a delicate balance because. A lot of like the really cool spots, like the larger spots, the larger houses are further out. And then you're sort of dealing with, you know, how long it takes to get from point A to point B here in California. And then processing like, Jesus Christ, what am I going to be doing in this spot that I'm just hanging out in all the time waiting for work? Is there stuff there that's interesting? Is there anything within walking distance? All that stuff. And that's kind of what part of my job is this week you know the main the main purpose the main goal is to find a place but then i'm also looking at these neighborhoods and driving around and just sort of timing things out and trying to figure out um how long it takes to get from point a to point b um so i've rented a car for like a couple of days because i want to keep that expense low i'm trying to keep all my expenses low and one thing that uh, i was telling you guys about in earlier episodes because we are smart with how we uh, signed up for different credit cards i was able to get this whole trip here to location scout for the house paid for minus 150 bucks so I had the plane ticket paid for. I had the entire Airbnb stay for seven days paid for. Um, and that was because we used the Capital One stuff. I had signed up for the Venture card um, and got the 5,000 miles bonus miles because I had spent $3,000 over the first three months. So then I get those bonus miles and that equates to, excuse me, $500. And then I also signed up for a Venture One card Capital One Venture One card, because you can have both those cards, and I've got decent credit, and that would give me a bonus miles that equals about 200, and Gina did the same thing. And so the two of us doing that, we needed credit cards anyways, we needed some new cards for our businesses, which was smart, we're both uh, very smart about how we handle our finances, and so we uh, did that, and we're able to stack up 
these bonus points, uh, travel bonus points, which are super easy to use, um, and uh, basically got this whole scout paid for, uh, minus whatever expenses I have to handle this week. So that's good. Just trying to keep those costs down. And if you guys are into doing that, if you guys want to try that out for yourselves, uh, sign up for uh, a Capital One card or um, apply for one by using the link in our bio on either uh, my Instagram page at Mike Petchy or at the In Love With The Process POD Instagram page. In the bio, there's a link. Always there's a link there that gets you to everything you need to get to for the show. So like if you want to subscribe to the show using Spotify, using uh, Apple uh, Podcast, any of the different outlets, Stitcher, there are links there for that. Any of the sponsorship stuff that I talk about, there are links there for that. And if you click in there and scroll down, you'll find the Capital One card stuff. And if you choose each one, the difference between the two cards, the Venture card is a better card. You get two times the points per dollar you spend with that card, but it does have an annual fee after the first year. And it's like a $90 annual fee, um, which I just paid, which is fine. I think I'm going to hold it for another year and then and then toss it. But then uh, I, if you sign up for the Venture One card, there's no annual fee. It's less points per dollar. I think it's like a, uh, a point and a half per dollar or something like that. And it's less bonus points at the beginning, but there's no annual fee. And the good thing about both these cards is that you don't pay interest for the first year on either one of them which is a smart move on our part because I know we're going to have to stack some shit on those cards as we move across country and I don't want to be paying interest on that in the first few months when we move. Um, so I know it sounds like I'm plugging these cards. If you sign up for this stuff, we do get uh, some money towards the show. We get a nice chunk of change towards the show. So if it's something that you're interested in, if you want to stack points for a trip, definitely do it. Uh, if you're someone that doesn't uh, know how to fucking handle your finances and you're, you know, you're already finding yourself in debt, don't do it. Don't touch it. Don't go into the link. <laughs> because I'm not going to give you the advice to uh, to put yourself in the shit. Keep your overhead down. Um, but anyway, yeah, I know it sounds like I'm plugging that. I am plugging that. But also, it's been a very valuable, important part of us being able to afford to do this move on a budget. And that's really what this show is about. It's like, how do we, as you know, we're all in the same boat. We have work sometimes. We don't have work other times. How do you survive? I always promised that I'd tell you that, that stuff. So anyway, moving on. So today, what time is it now? Let's make sure that I am not late for my meeting. Seven o'clock. Okay, so I've got a few minutes. I'm meeting with a real estate agent here, which we thought was very important to do. And uh, we had uh, this agent suggested to us by a friend of ours that's out here, which is very great. I'm very appreciative of her for doing so. Um, it's always great to get referrals from folks and for the people that are going to be working for you to know that there's some sort of personal connection to them, which is great. Um so I'm supposed to meet with her today and we're supposed to go through these listings. I think she's got a couple of places scheduled for me to look at today. Um, I have to try to find a spot with three bedrooms. I have to find a spot that's got some decent square footage. And I'm also looking for some yard space. And here's the big thing. And I think you guys have seen me post about this. I am deathly allergic to cats and dogs. And this is going to be a big fucking issue. Um, I have to find a place that's pet free 
which is going to be really hard out here in Los Angeles. So stack that to the stress plate, right? But I think I think we'll do it. Hopes are high. Um, and so that's kind of what today's all about. You know, here's the other thing too. I ended up booking Airbnb. Now, I have fucking a love-hate relationship with that goddamn fucking website. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but there was a, a trip that Gene and I took out here years ago, a few years ago where I had to do some pitching, and we had to be out here for about a week, and we ended up booking an Airbnb out here, and it was a nightmare one. It was a fucking nightmare, where we ended up uh, falling for one of those spots that like a building manager puts up as if they're a real person, and they just have like a bunch of apartments available in like some fucking shitty apartment unit. Um, and they, of course, post the pictures from whatever their showroom piece is, and then you come to the place, and it's like the fucking stove isn't even the same. And then the couches were filthy, the tabletop was filthy, the bedding was filthy. There's like fucking dogs in the hall. Um, and I we showed up, and we were so exhausted that we just sort of crashed out. And while we fell asleep that night, I heard an explosion. There was like literally an explosion in the apartment, and it sounded like there was a racing river. And uh, I woke up, I couldn't see shit because it was really, really dark in the space because there was tiny windows and uh, sloshed my way into the bathroom and the toilet had literally exploded in the bathroom. It was flooding out the entire apartment. And so we tried to call the, the actual person that had the place, the landlord that had the place and couldn't get in touch with them. And we were getting, you know, voicemails from people that we didn't know luckily i knew enough about plumbing to be able to shut off the water so that it was not flowing into the apartment um, and so then we went through the process of trying to contact airbnb and the way that that company set up they are a middleman that tries to keep their hands clean of everything so it's really difficult and one of the mistakes that we made was that i didn't take pictures of what was going on when it went on and so then the process of trying to convince them while we tried to get out of that apartment, the process of trying to convince them of what had happened and what was happening was so goddamn difficult. And uh, we ended up having to stay in that place. And afterwards I wrote to them and I was literally like, guys, we had a flood in the fucking place. And I think they offered me like a $150 fucking gift certificate to their website which just put such a bad taste in my mouth with those guys for so long. Um, but the problem is, is that when you're doing stuff like this, you have to look for affordability and you're trying to find what is affordable and how to go out and location scout. And so um, since then, we had stayed in a few places through Airbnb that Gina had booked because she's a bit more patient than I am. I love her to pieces for that. Um, that were nice, that were decent. And then when I was booking out this trip here... I ran into the same sort of scenario at the first booking where you contact uh, the folks that run the spots, like the owners of the spots. And for me, like I said, I'm allergic to cats and ducks. It's a big fucking deal. Like I, if I show up to a place that has dander in it, you know, my lungs close up. You know what I mean? So it's like a fucking huge deal. It's not like I get like scratchy eyes and a rash. <laughs> and this is something that I've had since I was a kid. So, you know, I figured out how to basically handle it, how to deal with it. And, you know, the allergists are like, just don't expose yourself to it, you know. So that's been kind of my game since I was a kid. Very used to it. 
And when you do hotels, hotels are like so much easier because uh, granted there are a lot of pet free or pet friendly hotels now, but they always have pet free rooms. And then when you do choose a hotel and if you go into a room that isn't working for you, they have other rooms so you can swap out to other rooms. The problem that I've always had with Airbnb is that you're fucked. If you go into a space, you book that space, you're fucked. If you go in there and it doesn't work for you. Um, and so I had spoken to one of these owners and I said, look, it's imperative, no pets, et cetera, et cetera. And no, of course, no pets have been in our space, blah, 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 blah. So randomly I went through, cause I was like, I got to rent a fucking car. Let me make sure that they have a parking spot. So I wrote to them and they didn't get back to me. So I just was like, let me dig deep through their comments to see if anybody had trouble parking. Now, when I had initially booked the space, I had only gone like three pages through their comments and they do such a clever thing on Airbnb where they make sure to stack the top three pages with as many positive reviews as possible. There are a couple negatives that are textured in there. But when you read negative reviews, you're always asking yourself, who's the fucking person writing a negative review? Like, is that person a cranky piece of shit that had some sort of weird issue with the spot? Or is that person an elitist that had some weird issue? So you're always trying to figure out at you know who they are and why they're making negative reviews. And so this place that I was booking had pretty pretty positive reviews straight through. There's a couple of negs here and there, at least in the first three pages. And I was sort of booking it out with everything else. And I'm like, okay, it looks fine. Guy wrote back to me, said no pets, great, boom, booked it. And this is weeks and weeks ago, booked it. So then I had to go through to check and see what was going on with the parking. So I started to dig into it. And then I started to read these things on like how horrible the neighbors were, how there was a neighbor downstairs that would come up and knock on the door and ask people to wear slippers because their fucking dog would get irritated and the fact that there were dogs in the building and it was all this sort of shit and this was like the night before I left that I found all this crap and so of course you have like a bit of a fucking panic attack because for those of you who travel you know this the the actual art of traveling is understanding that when you travel you're basically giving up any sort of control you have for the first day and especially if you're traveling across country, like the flight from Boston to Los Angeles, usually about six and a half hours, plus you're spending time in the airport, two hours ahead of time at the airport, an hour and a half at least at the back end of it, your day is literally traveling. It's worse when you go to Europe, if you're doing like a longer run. Um, so if you're too engaged, if you're someone that is uh, like an A-type personality like myself or Gina, if you stay too engaged, you'll have a fucking anxiety attack because there's no, you have zero control over what is happening to you. Basically, all you can do is just sort of roll with the punches and flex with it and try to adjust as much as you can. And so what I try to do when I do my planning and traveling at this point is I'll do as much work ahead of time as possible, understanding and giving myself uh, the breaks that I need. For instance, like years ago, I would work for clients and they would have you travel and travel around and they book for you to shoot different places. And I would have these people say like, well, we'll just fly you out. You can fly out from Boston or wherever the fuck it's going to be. And we'll get you there in the morning and then you can just fucking shoot the rest of the day and I would consistently be like please do not do that please the actual act of traveling the frustration the aggravation the fucking gross shit the trying to sleep sitting up on an airplane as a six foot dude it's really difficult and I don't want to sound like I'm bitching 
but understanding that that is going to be such a fucking mental strain on you and then being asked to go in and do something creative immediately after that like right off the fucking airport if it's an emergency and if it's a situation that you need that for great but please 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 don't do that and it's the same thing when i travel for for like this job i gave myself a day to come in here go to the grocery store stack up this place figure all this stuff out um and part of that is booking out my hotel and my airbnb ahead of time so that i'm i'm just comfortable you have to be in the right mindset when making uh really important decisions like where you're gonna fucking live you know what i mean and so when i found all this crap out it was like god damn it so a there's fucking dogs in the place b there's no parking all this sort of shit and so I go through the process, and it's listed on the website. Look, you can cancel in the first... As long as you cancel before 24 hours, you can get a refund. Great. Do so. Do it. Oh, guess what? We're going to keep the fucking service fee now. So it's like, what, $75 or some shit like that? So literally, you go through their website, and you're like, all right, I got to get in touch with these guys and try to find this out. They intentionally do it so that you can't find a number to call them. So you have to go through the messaging process which in itself takes time to do because they don't want to be dealing with angry fucking renters, right? Because if you're running a hotel, if you're running anything, you're dealing with people bitching about sheets, pillows, whatever the fuck it is. These guys are just, what do they call it, aggregators? These guys are just in-between men. They don't want to be a part of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Luckily, after my last uh, issue with those guys, I did some deep, deep searching and found Airbnb's phone number. So this time around, I was able to call them on the phone and go, look, I canceled this spot. Here are the scenarios because of the dog and everything else. I've literally booked a brand new spot um, and paying a whole, new, a whole new service fee for that brand new spot. Is there any way you guys can rebate that service fee? There's a whole lot of ho and humming, and it's a whole lot of like, we don't do this, and this isn't what we do all the time. And I was literally going through the process of explaining it to them. I have just not only saved a, a really big issue for myself, but saved an issue for you, because then you guys would have to be dealing with me when I'm in this place having an asthma attack. I know, I've learned my lesson that you guys make it three times as hard once I'm there to get out of there. I have to fucking go in there like I'm a part of CSI and fucking like document the crime scene and send you guys a bunch of photographs and it also fucks over the renter because because i've now booked that space it's not available it's not on the market for them so it's literally two days out or yeah it was like two days out let's cancel it now the renter can put it back on the market you guys refund my service fee and i'm already going to throw that money i'm literally going to take the money you're giving back to me and i'm going to give it back to you because i'm putting and with interest because i'm i'm getting a better space so hoeing and humming and backing and forth and, and finally, finally they agreed to do it. So just be cautious when you're using Airbnb. And I understand when we do this stuff, you're traveling and you're trying to get it done on a budget. Some people hate hotels. Uh, I actually really like hotels more than I like Airbnb. Notice that they're not sponsoring me. Probably never will. But um, yeah, I figured I'd let you guys know about that stuff. It's fucking crazy stress but i ended up booking this spot um out here in eagle rock and i'm so happy i did i went through and i read all the fucking reviews they were all solid reviews the guy who rents this place does a really shitty job taking photos by the way um 
because it looked really, really dark. And I was concerned about that, but I got here and the place is fantastic. It's immaculate. The floors are clean. The kitchen's clean. Um, it's small, but it's perfect. The bed's super comfortable. Um, and it's out here in Eagle Rock. And the coolest fucking part is that the, the fucking uh, car rental place is literally around the block. I can, I can go outside and throw a baseball and hit them. So it's perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, so I rented my car yesterday, stacked up this place with what I need. Um, and today I begin the adventure, the hunt for the house, the hunt for our new residence. Uh, and it's such a fucking wild thing, by the way. Like, I was thinking about it when I was on the flight. I'm, I'm flying out early in the morning yesterday, and I was sitting next to this really wonderful um, kid, this really, really cool young girl who was sketching, and she actually had a sketchbook, and she was really talented. I don't know how old she was. She had to be 13 or 14 or something in there. And she was just doing really beautiful um, comic book illustrations or, or little comic book illustrations. And we talked for a little bit and she's talking about how um, she wants that to be her career and she wants to have art be part of her life. And it was just really nice to be able to give her the um, the encouragement to do so because our lives are pretty awesome. I mean, it's stressful. We don't make a lot of money all the time and you never know where it's coming from, but just that pure joy in creating and watching her sketch this thing out and watching her choices, watching her choose what color she's going to use and why the coat flows a certain way and the, the just the smart, educated decisions that she was making. And I'm like, God damn it. Yes, please continue to do this. Please continue to make your career because you're going to contribute you're going to do such a really amazing job doing so and as I, as I was having that conversation with her it really started to sink in a little bit you know that this is a big change for me and Gina and this is going to be a really good really good positive change for us um, and it's just it was wild how that just sort of washed over me it was wild how it hit me um and it's so wild. It's a, it's a fascinating thing because it's a it's this cocktail of anxiety and excitement, of stress and relief. Like it's this strange blend that's just being stirred the entire time, and uh, we're feeling all these different emotions as they hit us. So very excited. It was very cool to get off the airplane. It was very cool to get into a nice fucking Airbnb. Um, for all the negative I said about it, this place is really great. It's affordable. I mean, it's literally costing me $60 a night, you know, with the fees, you know, so it's less than a hundred bucks a night for this fucking spot. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that was a horrible cough and that microphone picked that way too bad. <coughs> Which, like I said, with the, uh, <coughs> credit card stuff, it's paid for. So 733. I got to be in Pasadena at 9.30. All right. Let's see. Let's use the old travel apps. How long does it take me to get to Pasadena? <sighs> From here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Okay. 15 minutes according to this, which means I'm going to give myself at least... I'm going to get out there early. So I'm going to give myself 40 minutes. Okay. 
Get a few. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was cool. It was a really cool moment to have uh, realizing that stuff. Now the other thing that makes things a little bit difficult for us on this on this trip is that um, Jean is not with me. She's actually in Hungary. She's been in Hungary for two weeks, um, and uh, the time shift is fucking insane. Like, what time is it in Hungary right now? I mean, it was already tough being in Boston. Let's see. Nothing better than uh, sitting there listening to a guy surf the fucking internet, right? Okay, so it's 7.30 a.m. here. It's 4.34 p.m. there. So she's going to have to stay up super late uh, because I have to uh, send her choices as we hunt through these places. You know, it's always about keeping things exciting. (laughs) Why make it easy, you know? Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. And then uh, hopefully I get to hang out with some people this week while I'm here. I'm hanging out with some folks uh, just to uh, start to basically network a little bit, but also just to get in with a new crowd, which I'm very excited about doing, the both of us. Um, and yeah, so I think that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to get up and have a little cereal and uh, take a shower. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So like I said, at the beginning of the show, I don't know how it's going to play out. Where are we at right now? Okay. So that was about a half hour. That sounds obnoxious and I'm not going to edit that out. So about a half hour. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'll just check in with you guys. I'll do little diary things and then I'll make little compilations of this. So that way you know what's up, what I'm going through, and how it's working out. Hey guys, checking in with you. It is day two of hunting uh, for an apartment, and uh, I cannot believe how incredibly naive (laughs) I am on this whole process. Uh, There's something uh, fascinating about going to a city that you really don't know the geography in, and attempting to pick a place to live. A couple things that I've been learning. Uh, One, we ended up working with a real estate agent who uh, basically just sends us some listings. They're great, they're really cool people, but uh, they send us listings that are listed just with the real estate offices. Um, And I was quickly told that I needed to just sort of resort back down to looking through Craigslist because uh, that's where the newest uh, listings would end up first that weren't listed with a real estate agent. Um, 
and I was also educated on a lot of these apps. So like if you use Zillow or uh, Westside or whatever it's called, West End or whatever it is, um, these apps are essentially just picking up the information from Craigslist posts and from uh, realtors. And a lot of the time, they're not current. And so I've been learning pretty quickly as I uh, start to search through stuff to plan my day out that um, I really have to cross-reference everything to find the most current thing. Um, and what I'm trying to do, the first day I really made a, a pretty intense mistake where I <clears throat> really wasn't paying attention to the geography of Los Angeles. So I would go look at a place in West Hollywood and then I would go look at a place in uh, Los Feliz and then I would go to fucking Glendale. So the first day I spent so much time in the car driving around and I hit a point where I got really irritated because I would show up to these places that had what seemed like a good deal for an apartment listing. And of course, you can't trust any of the photographs or anything like that. You get there, the place looks completely different. And then there is that sort of animalistic instinct. When you first show up to a place, how do you feel about it? Do you feel safe about the area? Um, is it a place that you want to like be looking at every day? You know, for the next 12 months, because you have to sign a 12-month lease. Um, <clears throat> so I started to get really kind of frustrated towards the end of the first day because a lot of the places that I saw online that seemed like they'd be great weren't. Um, and I just hit this point where I was like, fuck this. I want to just drive around Los Angeles and tr try all these different areas that I had found places in, just sort of look around them. Um, and see what's cool and what I like about it and if I feel any certain way about it. Um, and so I think yesterday was essentially just me hunting for what some sort of visual reference for what I was seeing on these apps because the apps is just basically a fucking map. Um, and you might as well, you know, like you know key points, you know where Hollywood and West Hollywood is and you know all that but you start getting out into the outskirts and it's just names. You don't really have an association of what that neighborhood's like. Um, and if you can't find a specific thing in a certain neighborhood and you actually drive through, you go, oh, well, that makes sense. This whole neighborhood's apartment buildings. Um, or it's like this whole neighborhood's pretty much industrial or this neighborhood's like way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. It literally took me 10 minutes to get out to this neighborhood away from anything that would be interesting to hang out in. You know, there's that whole mentality of like, you know, knowing how much time you spend around the house. I'm hungry. I really didn't prepare a meal. Where am I going to go to eat? And how long is it going to take me to get there to eat? Um, so yesterday was just sort of learning about Los Angeles and learning about these neighborhoods visually just by driving through it. Um, I ended up extending my rental car, which is a smart thing because uh, I was all I was literally in the car for eight hours yesterday, driving from place to place. Um, and I have to be smarter about how I plan this. So I know the neighborhoods that I dig. I know the neighborhoods that have between driving through them and cross-referencing the websites and understanding what they cost. I know the spots that I want to be in. So my next goal is to sort of really put together more. Uh, 
a smarter plan for the day. So look at more places in a smaller area. Um, and that's the goal for tomorrow. Still have high hopes, still have high expectations. Um, but shit, learning quick, learning fast, and trying to figure this out as we do it. Um, I got to try to find a place by the end of the trip. So we shall see. Uh, so far, I've looked at quite a few. Uh, and there was one, like the first, the second one that I looked at, which actually came from the realtor, is great. I, I had a really great connection to the place when I went in there. I felt great. I, I could picture really cool things happening in it. I'm just concerned that it might be a little too small for us. So we shall see. Anyway, just checking in. So after a frustrating day of hunting and searching, uh, narrowed down the selections to specific areas, but really frustrated with um, the, the fucking difference between how a place looks online and how it feels and looks when you get there. Uh, I really haven't been falling victim to a scam yet, but... Jesus Christ, you go into these places and they promise all this stuff and you're just like, how do people, how can you live in this spot? How can you physically live in this spot? There is there is no room to live in this spot. And the prices for stuff are just fucking through the roof. Real estate market in this country is out of control right now. Out of fucking control. It's honestly get rich schemes. It just feels that way. Like, how do I make as much money as possible? Uh, I always thought it was an issue when you're in Boston because Boston, they would take old houses, you know, homes that were built in like, you know, the late 1800s or the early 1900s, as single family homes. And then they just go through and they start putting up walls and trans like transplanting a, a living room or a dining room into a fucking bedroom. It's like there isn't even a closet in this room. How does that qualify? Um, they kind of do the same thing, but a little different out here where they get a plot of land. So they'll get a lot and then they'll put like what they call a front house. So they'll essentially build an independent little space that's, you know, anywhere between 600 square feet and maybe a thousand square feet. And that lives in the front of the lot. And then depending upon how big the lot is, that may be a duplex. That may be a split level house. So you're dealing with two groups of people living in the same building separated by a wall. Um, and then they will get rid of the backyard by building another little house in the back, maybe like a 600 square footer. So you get to these places and it's just stacked on stacked on stacked, trying to make the most money possible based upon the real estate that they have. Um, and it starts to become a difficult process because obviously you're stacked up on all these folks. And you're looking at houses because you don't want to... I don't want to live in an apartment building. I'm kind of over that shit, you know. And then you come and you look at these places. It's like this one fucking driveway. And so you're going to park in tandem with all these different people, like all these different neighbors. So what happens if someone's got to leave? You know, what happens if someone leaves a car in the fucking driveway and then go, like, take an Uber somewhere? Um, it's pretty fucking intense and... Uh, one of the guys that I went and I hung out with, uh, who was a landlord, really nice dude. 
Um, wouldn't mind having him as a landlord. It's just his space just wasn't big enough. There was zero storage space in it. Um, he was He's a builder. And so he was telling me about uh, how difficult it is to get permits out here in Los Angeles, how they've made the process to get a building permit take almost two years to get a building permit out here. And so, hold on. Excuse me. And so um, you basically have a city that has too many people and not enough units because it's so difficult to get a building permit. Um, and so the real estate market is so volatile as far as like when something goes on the market, how quickly it goes and how many people are like swooping it up. I've been to a few open houses, which are always awkward because you're walking through a house with your competition, you know, and these other people that are looking at it and everybody's eyeballing the application. Who can get the application in first? Uh, it's, it's fucking weird. It's like the rollerball of, <laughs> of looking for an apartment, you know? Um, it's an interesting thing. It's exhausting. I'm, I'm really fucking tired. Uh, it's been a difficult process of finding the places. So basically what I do is I wake up early in the morning now and I'm up at like four or five and I'm going through all the Craigslist posts and Zillow posts and all that. And then I will sort out all the apartments that I think look interesting and I'm up so early. So that way I can, uh, write to these people to see if I can get a showing today. Um, and I learned quickly that uh, it's actually faster to text people than it is to email them or physically call them. You know, everybody's so, everybody has social anxiety right now, so no one wants to get on a phone call. Um, so what I started to do was just text the location, and is it available, and I'd love to see it. And, uh, you know, I'm up early in the morning trying to find these spots. I'll find like 20 or 30 places that are interesting. I'll send these texts all the way through and I'll get responses from maybe, I don't know, if I'm lucky, eight of them. Now, because LA is so sprawled out, uh, having to go to eight different places that were all over the map was incredibly difficult, you know? Um, and what I was doing is stacking up my time slot, knowing how far things are. So like you get a general idea of where they are, try to put them all together that are in the same area and then let the, you know, the realtors know like, Hey, I'll be here at 11 or I'll be here at one thirty or whatever. And just stack them up as much as you can. Um, where a wrench gets thrown in the works is if I find a place that I dig, you know? And so instead of just sort of going through it, I have to, sweet talk the landlord or sweet talk the agent and so I'm there for an hour an hour and a half um, and then uh, I lose a couple of showings because I wasn't able to make it to them who's texting me what's going on here so uh, it's difficult it's very difficult to try to get as many in in a day as possible because you're just you're, you're trying to see it all um, it's been tough doing it on my own, which is difficult. Um, and then, of course, I've got two other roommates. And one is, I don't even know where he is. I don't know if he's in South Carolina or something. And then Gina's in, in Europe. Literally, if it's 6 p.m. here, it's 3 a.m. there. So that time difference has been tough for us because, you know, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. She's trying to stay awake while I'm in the afternoon here trying to FaceTime her what the apartment looks like. 
Um, it's been very challenging to get it all done. Uh, have high hopes still, but fuck, this is really difficult. This is the equivalent of uh, producing an indie. It feels that way. It really does. Pretty intense. Hopefully some more good news coming up, guys. Alright guys, so I haven't been doing many of these because my days have been literally packed to the gills. Like it's so insane uh, how much time I don't seem to have. I'll wake up at 6.30, 5.30, start to scout, start to line up locations, um, and then go on the road and go from like spot to spot to spot. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the car. I've kept the rental car for pretty much the whole week at this point. It just doesn't make sense not to have it. Um, and it's funny. I was uh, talking to Brett. We went out uh, for dinner tonight. And I was saying that uh, I formed a bond with this rental car. <laughs> That's how insane I'm going at this point. Um, it's like Knight Rider. I'm talking to my kit, you know. Um, but I spent a... a I've spent so much time. This is the the last night here. I've looked at over 25 different spots. Um, we have applications in for three spots out of all that. Um, I haven't signed a lease. Um, there's one place that I really dig, but he's not going to be able to let us know for at least a week, which is really chewing into... Our time slot, I've got two other places that don't really work, but they may get back early, but I can't really say no because I have to have something. It's very stressful. Very, very stressful. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. It's, a, it's an interesting dilemma to be in because I now have to go back home. Tomorrow I'm taking a flight, and normally if I would be traveling, I'd just be relieved to go back to the house and you know, climb into bed and sleep for a couple of days, but um, maybe I'll get a day in before we have to start getting rid of stuff. I have to start ordering shipment containers. I have to, uh, I think we're going to ship a car. Um, and we have to put together the whole trip uh, to here, and we don't have a place to land. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. Hopefully, the spot that we really want will get back to us. Fingers crossed, but um, if not, and we don't choose one of the other two, it's such a hard place to be in. Okay, so the, the dilemma is you can't book out here early, right? Because 
this marketplace isn't like Boston. Boston is based upon the school system. So they want a September to September lease. That's what they want. So you could pretty much guarantee that a lot of places would be okay just renting September 1st. So you can look early. You can actually go through the marketplace early and find stuff and then just book it out for September 1st. You can't do that here. As soon as it's on the market, they want it up. And uh, it could be the fucking ninth of the month. That'll be your cycle. It doesn't matter. Um, so we couldn't book stuff out early. And then when you do come out here, it took me two days to just sort of get acclimated, to figure it all out, and start hunting for stuff. But even then, everything is so much slower here. So it's not like I walk into a spot and I'm like, I love it. Great. Uh, have all my paperwork together. Fantastic. Run that check this afternoon. Tomorrow, let's sign the lease. It's like credit checks for these people take days. Days. Where if you're running your own credit check, you literally just go online and you run a fucking credit check. And then when you're dealing with real estate agents, they do their whole pre-screening process. Um, like amidst like doing their own showings and everything else, you're on their fucking crazy schedule. And then it goes to the management or the owner. And then the owner does their own fucking process. And a lot of these places wait for as many applicants as possible so that they have as many choices as possible. And so you're just waiting. You're waiting for it. Um, so I think it was kind of naive of me to think that I could be out here for seven days and sign a lease. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Um and as you prepare to do a trip like this, you know it's going to be stressful. You know it's going to change your life. And you know um, that your patterns are going to get shifted. But you really don't grasp it until you're doing it. And um, just the pure need, the physical struggle to get as many places in, to look at as many places as I could... Uh, trying to get the paperwork right because everybody's got a different fucking application and each one of these applications takes I don't know 30 minutes to fucking fill out and then you have three of them and that you're doing so then you do the math it's like an hour and change to do an application process plus they want different records plus they want all sorts of different shit and being a freelancer it's really difficult convincing uh a real estate agency, more than a landlord, a real estate agency, the amount of money that you make because it is there's no rhythm to it. You don't have pay stubs. And so you have to go back and prove like, hey, look, I made a big lump sum of change in April, but I haven't worked for fucking four months. So that averages out to four grand a month, five grand a month. And then you have to sort of put those documents together, make sense of those documents, and cross your fingers and hope that whoever's looking at them has fucking patience to go through that. And then I figured, you know, this is Los Angeles. This place is made up of fucking freelancers. They should be fine with it. There's no system. There's no structure for it. Every person is different. Every fucking realtor has been different. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating how sloppy the fucking market is. Um... And makes it very difficult to get a place. Jesus Christ. And then to think that you can book a place when you're not here. Because the pictures don't look the way they look. Uh, the listings, you know, 
you, you try to sweeten the deal no matter what. And then you go and you look at it and you're just like, is that a bedroom? That's not a fucking bedroom. That's a closet. That's a fucking closet. That's not a bedroom. Is that a bathroom? You put a fucking sink in the wall. That's not a fucking bathroom. You know? Uh, and granted, there are some great looking spots. And we found a few where the owners are less interested in being greedy and more interested in getting good people in there, which fingers fucking cross. But most of the shit is just pure fucking greed, man. Straight across the board. And it isn't just Los Angeles. It's that way in Boston when we were looking for places a few years ago in Boston. It's everywhere. And and what is it? Is it it I think it ultimately everybody wants to be a fucking millionaire. How do I get rich quick? How do I do it? How do I flip flipping fucking houses? You know what I mean? It's insane. And then you're looking at this and you're looking at your cost and your overhead cost and you're like how the fuck do I make money to support this, let alone make money that I'm storing away to do something else? It's fucking really nuts to do. Um, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer here, guys. Um, I, I know it's going to work out fine. I know we're going to find our footing, but uh, I promised that when we did this show and we talk about this stuff that I would give it to you real. This isn't like... Super happy dappy fucking palm tree Instagram photos of check out my trip and it's a lot of fun looking at all these houses. It's fucking miserable. And when I talk to people out here that actually look for places that live here, and that's going to be a little bit easier where you, you're you like, look, I got a month left at my place. I'm here every day for a month. I'm going to look for places in between working and find a spot and then go through the application process and it'll be fine. Like if I was... If I had 30 days straight, my first three weeks would be what I did in four days here. Hunting and scouring and looking at spots and figuring it all out. Um, And then here's the kicker. I've seen almost everything in East LA that is up right now, that fits our criteria. I've gone and looked at it. So there hits a point where there are no other options. So you, you have to wait for the market to turn around a little bit and turn over a little bit. Now, lucky, there are so many people coming and going and so many transients in here that there is a pretty fast turnaround. But, you know, two weeks is going to kill us. You know what I mean? Huh. I mean... Uh, we might just have to come here for a few weeks and find some uh, temporary housing and then continue to look for a space. Because everybody wants a 12-month lease. So the desperation of knowing that you need to find a spot, I don't know what they're doing next to the Airbnb, but it's literally fucking 10.30 at night. There you go, Airbnb. Anyway. Um, where was I saying? Jesus, I'm so fucking exhausted. It's been such a long week. It's been such a long week. Um, but I don't want to be all negative though. There's been some great stuff. Food is really fantastic. I've had some really good meals. I like Glendale. Glendale is a cool place. I didn't think I would like being up that far north, but Glendale's cool. You know, I like Eagle Rock. 
Eagle Rock's a little down and dirty. Um, apparently, it's cleaned up a lot. From what I've been hearing, is it was a huge gang world for quite some time. And now it's sort of being slowly gentrified. Uh, Highland Park, dig that. Los Feliz is great, but it's become so hipstery that you're starting to get into like 650 square feet, quote unquote, one bedroom, two bedroom, and you're like $3,500. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the food's been really cool. Um, hung out with the management today, talked a little bit about the future of the career and the paths, and that was a really great conversation. Um, and it's fat, it's funny, you know, every place you go to, I was sitting at the bar tonight and someone writes for a TV show, someone does this. It's all people that work in the business. A whole lot of fish swimming in a big ocean out here. Um, we're going to kill it though. Watch 10, 15 episodes from now. You'll see. So... This is it. This is the last day of the trip. Like I said, I've got three applications out. Fingers fucking crossed. Uh, Get up tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., and uh, go to the airport and crash out at home for a little bit and start the process of packing up to go to a place that we don't have a home yet. So hey guys, um, as you can probably tell, I'm hanging out here in one of the terminals at LAX, waiting to board a flight back to Boston. Um, looks like we've been delayed about an hour and a half because there are pretty intense thunderstorms somewhere in the Midwest that uh, has been delaying traffic from here to the East Coast today. Uh, it's so funny to think about that when you look outside and it's just sunny and beautiful out there. Uh, whatever. Uh, traveling is an adventure, as you guys know. Um, and one thing that I've done a long time ago is understand that when you have a travel day, you just have to give up any sort of rights or any sort of uh, plans that you have and just know that uh, your day is going to be this traveling which I'm, I'm fine with it's fine as long as you get it in your mind you're good to go and when you think about it there was a period of time where it took how long for people to travel across country you know go back to the wagon trail days what was that like four months five months or something so the fact that I have to sit and wait for an hour and a half to travel all the way across the country who gives a shit right relax <laughs> So anyway, just hanging out. Figured I would uh, catch you guys up on what's going on. Uh, We have three applications out for a place. Um, Out of the three, there's one spot that I really want. Um, The other two are kind of okay. 
And the issue is that this one spot I really want won't be able to get back to us for at least a week, which kind of throws a wrench in our plans, our travel plans. So trying to be flexible, right? Um, but I had a good morning this morning, actually. Uh, Lance, who's Lance Williams, who's been on the show, um, he's out here hanging out, getting acting stuff, working and acting. And like most actors out here in Los Angeles, he has to have a supplemental job. Um, it's hard enough to come out here being someone in production, let alone someone that is reliant upon production. So I have so, so much admiration for him for doing that because it is three times harder than what I'm doing. And what I'm doing feels like I'm holding up the world right now. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, he called me up this morning. He's been driving. He's been lift driving his part-time stuff. And uh, he was like, hey, you want to ride to the airport? And it was really sweet of him to do it. And we got to hang out and uh, talk for a good 45, almost an hour ride to the airport. Um, and we were just talking about how exciting it is to be coming out here, how exciting it is to have folks that we know out here and friends that are out here. But then also we were just talking about that anxiety, that sense of desperation that you can, you can feel out here. You know, just sitting in a bar uh, yesterday waiting for uh, Brett to come see me, another buddy of mine. And you're sitting next to, I was sitting next to this woman and a young guy and, and she was talking about how uh, she's been trying to become a writer for TV and how one of her best friends just got this job. And she was phrasing it in such a way where she's like, I'm just so appreciative and like, I think it's so wonderful. I'm so happy for her. And I'm like, do you though? Because it sounds like you really wanted that job. And there's this sense of anxiety in her voice. I'm like trying to kill, trying to make it, trying to make it happen. Um, and you feel it out here. It's everywhere. And with that anxiety, especially if you're reliant upon it to pay for rent, if you're reliant upon it to uh, feed yourself, that anxiety starts to control how you interact with people and how uh, you may come off desperate, you may come off intense when, when meeting folks, and this is my big shot and this is my chance to do it. Um, but Lance and I were having a long conversation about how we're trying to do the opposite, how it's important, I think, to do the opposite. And you have to fight that anxiety. You have to fight that stress that's in there when you're making these decisions and you can't wait, you can't put all this weight on a specific moment because uh, you're going to go insane. You know, if you're putting the weight of your future, you're putting the weight of your, your income and your house and your, all that stuff on whether or not you get this role or whether or not uh, you, you land this job. Um, you're just going to slowly kill yourself. I've literally had so much like adrenaline and uh, like bad emotions running through my system for about five, six days. I'm physically exhausted and mentally exhausted. I don't know if you can tell by the tone of my voice here in the airport. Um, but if that's going to be every day, then why, you know, I'm not going to survive. <laughs> so we were talking about like, how important it is to have other things that we're doing, um, you know, like other hobbies, whether or not you're barbecuing, whether or not you're grilling, 
whether or not you're comic book fans like me and Brad are comic book nerds so we got to talk about that um, and have these other real life hobbies and obsessions be more at the forefront than having a conversation about the business or the jobs that you want um, especially in a spot like this where you know you're in this giant ocean of people that are all doing the same fucking thing as you are and they all feel the same way that you do so uh, how do you how do you make yourself interesting in a group like that and I think I'll let you know how it works but I think the theory of it is to be more focused on life and life experiences and the things that make you happy and if you talk about the things that make you happy more than you talk about the things that you are giving you this anxiety I think you're a more desirable person to be around and I think if you're someone that people want to be around then you'll get work because of that so interesting to see and of course I'm the asshole that's sitting here in uh, the terminal with people around me talking into a microphone with headphones on because <laughs> why not right like if this was any other city people would look at you and be like who is this guy uh, but here they sort of roll their eyes and go oh another one <laughs> Mahalo. Um, so yeah, it was a good it was a good ride. I'm, I'm really happy to have some folks out here that are good friends to be able to hang out with. Um, it's really going to make the trip better, and I can't wait to see Gina. Gina and I have been distant for about two weeks with her being in Europe, and then uh, me being here. So I can't wait to just sort of get back to Boston. I uh, can't wait to get back to Boston and just take a day off and reconnect. I think the most important thing with us in our relationship is that this stress doesn't come between us. We have to come together as a unit, which we're really good at doing, but we got to come together as a unit and tackle this thing together. Um, because when you make a shift like this, it literally is taking the foundation out from underneath you. Uh, which is exciting. Uh, the opportunity is exciting. Um, but it's also very nerve-wracking, as you can assume. Um, but it's all going to be good. I know it will be. I think it's going to be great. So, hope you guys are enjoying whatever this episode ends up becoming. Um, May it, I have your attention, please? All travelers... Because they are a terrorist. But I hope you guys are enjoying whatever this is. Um, it's essentially just an inside look into what it's like to actually make this move. And uh, I promise that it won't be as uh, stressful. Well, I can't promise that it won't be as stressful, but I can promise that uh, I'll have more energy the next time you hear me because I'm going to sleep, uh, crash for a little bit. Um, but in general, like it's been a pretty great week. 
I may not have come back with a signed lease, but I now have a better idea of the geography of Los Angeles. I now have a better idea of what the neighborhoods are like. Um, it was interesting just yesterday, you know, finally having a moment to go, I'm going to go out and get something to eat. And then just hunting for the food places that I would want to eat at and then figuring out how long it takes me to get there. Uh, it took me 45, 50 minutes to get to my Airbnb in Eagle Rock from West Hollywood yesterday at like 5 o'clock. So that was like peak, peak, peak time, peak driving time. So it's been a good week for that. It's been a good week to understand the geography. It's also interesting to see um, how the homes are built out here, the architecture of certain places. Um, and I got to see everything. I got to see from the, the trashiest, like a, a place behind a restaurant that was supposedly a house. It only had two rooms and, and floors that were perfect to be hosed down. <laughs> Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen like the lowest of the low with that, and then you know, I actually walked into a open house for a sale on a house up on uh, Mount Washington. Beautiful, tiny space though. Still the same kind of square footage. You know, you're still talking like 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 square feet. Um, but uh, gorgeous views giant glass opening wall like big door thing that opens out to outside um, just really gorgeous and a lot of the houses out here are interesting they're fascinating the way that they put them together I like craftsman houses those are super cool um, little bungalows are cool you know they have a lot of duplexes and apartment complexes out here which I think if I was a younger person I'd be more into that you know, these days we've collected things. We've got gear, got stuff that will literally make us money that we need to have with us. So uh, came to the conclusion that it's not going to be a apartment slash two bedroom kind of thing for us. Uh, but it's fine. And the good thing is, is about being okay with roommates and being okay with splitting rent, we're actually getting more square footage and more perks from it for less money. So it'd be more expensive for me and Gina to get a spot on our own, as opposed to going with three. And with three, our price comes down significantly. And we get more stuff for it. And when you're talking about being social and you're talking about uh, having people around, uh, I think it's better to have that square footage, it's better to have a great kitchen. Um, and uh, from what I understand, and my limited experience out here, the Italian food out here is severely lacking. So I think that's a good ploy for me. I'll uh, come hang out. I'll make you a classic Tuscan Italian meal. And uh, we'll watch movies and talk about barbecue. Sounds good, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.